0: Our scripture this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, the sixth chapter. It's in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. And so I begin by reminding us from the start of chapter five how this, these three chapters were introduced. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to speak and taught them many things, including this. And now we jump into the middle of chapter 6. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Abba knows what you need before you ask them. Pray then in this way. Our Abba in heaven, may your name be revered as holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For, Jesus continued, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Abba will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Abba forgive your trespasses. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For the Word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, and for the Word of God within us. thanks be to God.
1: As a response and for preparation for the sermon, let's sing together number 740, Spirit of the Living God. And we'll sing through this three times. (laughs)
0: 740.
1: Thank mm-hmm. you. Good morning, church family. I'm Pastor Debbie and I use she, her pronouns. I admit that while preparing for this sermon this week, I felt woefully inadequate. How can I write a sermon about the prayer that Jesus taught? Many of us likely learned this prayer as a child and have often recited it by rote as part of a group. It probably lives in your brain somewhere and may even be a heart text for you, something that helps form the foundation of your beliefs. This prayer, as Pastor Megan mentioned, is the central part of an amazing sermon that Jesus himself preached to his family of followers. How can I do that justice? How can I bring something new? And do I even have to? I considered a few things as preparing for this. I thought perhaps I could talk about it Lectio Divina style, where I read each line multiple times slowly. This could help us really sink into the meaning and would invite the Holy Spirit to help us find new meaning in the words. I thought about finding other translations of the text so we could compare them together, which might also help us find new meaning. I honestly thought about just passing it over in lieu of talking about not storing up treasures on earth, since we've all probably heard the prayer Jesus taught many times. But for some reason, none of those approaches felt right. I kept being bothered by this text. Couldn't stop thinking about it. So here we are. Let's talk about the prayer that Jesus taught, sometimes called the Lord's Prayer. Let's think about how Jesus's example of how to pray can help us see economic justice as a way of living God's dream for creation. Let's consider together how admitting dependence on God can lead to justice for everyone. Jesus's example of how to pray comes in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. According to the author of the Gospel of Matthew, this time was in the early stages of Jesus's ministry. Jesus had recently been baptized spent time in the desert gathered some disciples and was preaching all around Galilee being followed by great multitudes of people. We believe the Sermon of the Mount was held on the shores of Lake Galilee. It is the longest conversation of Jesus that is recorded in the Gospels and it contains the Beatitudes and many references to the Torah as Jesus helped his listeners hear that text in new ways. Jesus comments on the rules previously given to God's people, placing emphasis not on the action alone, but on the condition of your heart that would allow such an action to take place. He says, You have heard it said thus, but I say this. Jesus condemns materialism and showy displays of false righteousness. He warns against judging others unfairly and not judging yourself appropriately and reminds his listeners to be aware of false prophets. He says, in my paraphrase, do not think that the bare minimum is enough and don't do good only for the sake of recognition. He says, do not be like the hypocrites and standing in the streets loudly praying so that everyone around you knows that you are praying. Don't use many flowery words to show off just talk to God. God knows what's in your heart and that's what matters. Then he gives an example of a prayer that meets all of the qualifications for a good and holy prayer. In this prayer, Jesus helps us remember who we are to God. We are God's children. He helps us remember that God is holy and good and that we should desire for God's dream for creation to come true now. He says, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. Jesus calls his followers to a life of simple trust in God, asking just for what we need for now. Give us today what we need for today, he prays. Jesus reminds us that we are indebted to God and to each other. He teaches us to have mercy or he teaches us to ask God to have mercy on us while we are reminded that we must have mercy on others. Jesus tells us that God will save us from evil if we ask. This is such a good prayer. It brings so many things full circle all of jesus's prior talk about belonging to god and caring for each other and having a right heart is contained in this prayer and it's a pretty good summary of jesus's entire ministry in my opinion although this prayer doesn't bring economic justice to mind for me at least not right away If we weren't getting close to wrapping up this six week sermon series on economic justice, I may never have thought about it when reading the prayer that Jesus taught. But with that series prompt, I think I found a meaning that feels good to me and does remind me of the importance of this kind of justice work. The prayer starts off with a declaration that we are family, that we belong to a community. Jesus says our Abba our father God is our parent this is this is familial this should invoke compassion for each other as members of the same family when we're praying these words we're asking for God's kingdom to come now praying this meaning it and living your life in this way is Jubilee yet again this is the dream of creation god's original plan for the earth which is named in genesis spelled out later in deuteronomy brought forward through time to be reshaped by Jesus' life and continuing on until it gets to us here in this space right now this prayer this calling for god's plan for creation to come to fruition now is deeply connected to the moment of creation directly connected to god's desires for us Can we imagine together what it would look like if we truly meant it when we asked God to give us what we need just for today and trusted that we would have it? If we asked for just enough instead of owning and keeping an abundance just for ourselves? Jesus says a few sentences after this prayer that we should not store up treasures on earth for ourselves. He reminds us that our heart is with our treasures, and if we want to be focused on the kingdom of God, we cannot be driven by the need to accumulate and hoard wealth. Instead, we can allow God to work through us to give others what they need from our abundance. Can you imagine if everyone did this? If we all trusted God to provide and shared what we have freely? I believe that's part of what God has envisioned for creation. Everyone depending on God and on each other and in turn caring for one another. Everyone having enough and no one falling through the cracks. We could eliminate debt entirely by living this prayer. If we allowed God to work through us, we could be safe from evil. We could bring God's kingdom to earth if we lived as if we all belong to each other and to God. This dream feels impossible. We are daily reminded of the brokenness of this world. We are reminded of our own shortcomings and are probably pretty aware of the shortcomings of others. We live in a system built on oppression and slavery and injustice and murder. And there are so many days when it is a struggle to feel like there is any hope for the world. I sometimes feel like it is futile to fight for justice, to build something worth building. The forces of evil that shape our world feel too powerful to do anything about. I struggle to act ethically in what I do and buy, but the reality is we live in an unethical system, and any actions I take seem inconsequential. It's so much easier to live life in a way that just feels best and most enjoyable. It is simpler to not fight for justice, to just give up. But then I remember the prayer that Jesus taught. It starts with a reminder that we're all a family, right? That we're God's children, that we're all in this together and we owe it to each other to try to keep fighting. It reminds us that we can depend on God and on each other, and that others are dependent on us. It reminds us that God has a plan for creation and that we are a part of that plan. That even when it feels like there's nothing we can do to make a difference, that we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. That we can do this together with God that we can bring about justice for all through our actions and our dependence on one another. So we pray that prayer right along with Jesus. And we seek to find ways to mean it, to live it, to really, really believe it's true. We remind each other as often as we can that we are all in this together and we give generously of our time and our wealth to help others. We pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.